InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Stress can impact humans in all sorts of ways, and new research shows that a stressful childhood can actually impair normal brain development in kids. And here to give us the details is the lead author of this research, Jennifer Swore, who is a Ph.D. candidate in clinical psychology at the University of Rochester. So tell us about your study. What did you find? What we found was in a sample of 201 mothers and their children, we looked at their cortisol, um, the children's cortisol, across three years. So when children were age of two, three, and four. And what we were interested in looking at was seeing what their patterns of cortisol would be and what family stressors predicted their cortisol patterns. And cortisol, not to interrupt you, is a stress hormone, right? That is correct. Okay. In the study, though, we were looking at sort of their basal levels, so not looking at their reactivity in response to any stressors in the lab, which is often what people do in research in our field. So in terms of these children in low-income households, what kind of stresses were they experiencing in general? Many of the children were exposed to inner partner violence, some aggression between mother and her romantic partner, frequent residential changes, job loss, changes in partners. So that's kind of what we described as family instability. We also looked at parenting, so seeing how mothers interacted with their child during a free play situation. So mothers were told to play with their children as they would at home, and we observed their behaviors. We found that mothers who were less attuned to their child, you know, didn't pick up on their cues, were more distant in their interactions, that that was a significant predictor of children's cortisol, in particular the children with the elevated patterns. And that in turn, at age four, when we measured cognitive functioning, that was associated with lower cognitive functioning. We're talking with Jennifer Swore, who is a Ph.D. candidate in clinical psychology, and we're talking about how stress in low-income families can affect children's learning. Jennifer, these hormone levels, this cortisol levels, have a connection to brain development then, don't they? Right, they can, you know, since cortisol can pass the blood-brain barrier, it can affect structures in the brain that are, you know, thought to support different cognitive processes and learning and memory consolidation. And so that's one mechanism that's sort of been hypothesized that through cortisol's access to the brain during this developmentally sensitive time for brain development, that that might have some negative effects. So on top of growing up in a low-income household, these children have yet another difficulty to overcome, it appears. Right. There are many children who live in poverty. You know, there's a lot of variation in their experiences. And what we really found were that there were these certain types of experiences for the low-income children in our study that, you know, was predictive of their cortisol patterns. And then, you know, when we measured cognitive functioning, predicted lower cognitive functioning. Is it possible that if a child is in a stressful situation and that gets resolved, would the cortisol levels improve in that child? We didn't specifically look at that in this study, but there is research to suggest that different parenting interventions have been helpful in changing children's cortisol patterns from being very elevated to levels that you would see amongst community samples of children who aren't exposed to maltreatment or any other type of psychosocial stressors. So it's not necessarily the low income because I would think even a high income family that a child could have tremendous stress. Right, that's exactly right. And you know, Part of our sample did show more moderate cortisol patterns. So, you know, the whole sample was low income, but not all the children in the sample were exposed to the same family stressors. Would you say that domestic strife 
is the primary stressor, in other words, fighting or arguing and that sort of thing? Is that the main stress factor here? No, that actually wasn't the main stress factor here. We did look at the aggression in the household, you know, you know, aggression between mom and her partner, and that wasn't a significant predictor in our statistical model. What we found was that really the specific interactions between the mom and the child and the sort of predictability in the household, those were the main predictors. The actual mechanism of how the cortisol level affects brain development, is that known or is that pretty much an unknown? It's, you point? know, that's still unknown. What we do know in looking at, you know, research with animals and kind of looking at some clinical studies, that cortisol, too much of it can lead to cell death in the brain or, you know, can impair some of that brain development. But we don't have any direct evidence, and we certainly did not measure that in the study of, you know, the cortisol-specific effects on the brains of the children in the study. What are the long-term outcomes of a full childhood of high stress? What we specifically looked at in our study was looking at, in terms of their cognitive functioning, how it might be affected. And what we found was that there were significant differences amongst the children who were exposed to these heightened levels of maternal unresponsiveness and family instability, and that that really, you know, impacted their cortisol and in turn was, you know, related to lower cognitive outcomes. Similar findings have been found, you know, looking at mental health outcomes, behavior, so there's many different types of functioning have been examined in other research besides ours. And, you know, similar findings have been found in terms of mental health outcomes. Very highly successful people who are very, very smart people, perhaps had very stressful childhoods. But in most cases that I'm thinking about, there was one adult who, you know, really paid attention to them and helped them. And I assume that would be a stress resolver, having an adult like that around. Right, certainly, you know, a lot of research on looking at resilience, so for those children who, you know, grow up into adults who show those resilience, who were exposed to poverty or other types of family stressors when younger, it's been found that, you know, having at least one caregiver who is sensitive to their needs and, you know, having that positive relationship can definitely foster resilience, even when surrounded by other types of environmental stressors. Well, it's an interesting study. We thank lead author Jennifer Swore, who is a Ph.D. candidate in clinical psychology at the University of Rochester. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.